Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. The Grinch did not steal Christmas. Here's the millennial with the mic. They want you to say Grace. Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an excellent show prepared. We've got Woker Joke because it's Thursday, or as I like to call it, Friday Junior. We've got Caroline Levitt joining us in the 2 o'clock to talk all things Donald J. Trump, the Colorado decision, uh, the media's reaction, and more. Plus, a Delta Airlines story that is taking uh, the at least the conservative media world by storm. It's getting crazier and crazier. And Joe Biden's hard-hitting interview with comedian-turned-podcaster, Conan O'Brien. So all of that. But first, what I wanted to start with today, and I don't want to do that thing where I talk about a million things and then come back to it when we have two minutes left. I want to dive in first thing with this latest update on Harvard President Claudine Gay, who, in case you haven't heard, she's in trouble. She's been in trouble for a few weeks now, but things are not getting better. The what a lot of people are calling the Bud Light moment that was brought to you by the congressional hearing and Representative Elise Stefanik, that has snowballed into what could be, and we can debate this, a career-ending scandal for the university president. Howie last week asked the audience, do you think she'll last two years? And he had said no. He said, I don't think she can survive this. Not even so much the back and forth about what happened at the congressional hearing, but more so the plagiarism scandal that broke afterwards. And I I talked to Howie today and he said, I don't think she's going to last two months now. But I want to recap it first. For anyone who has not been following this that closely, let's go back in time. Let's let's take this from the beginning. So President Gay from Harvard took part in a congressional hearing where she and MIT's President Cornbluth And UPenn's former president, I don't know if it's former or if it's ex-president. Does it matter, like, based off how you left? I'm going to say ex-president Liz McGill, who did resign and is now probably thinking to herself, I'm glad I got out of there. Because once they start, you know, the media starts going through the skeletons in your closet, it usually just keeps getting worse. So President Gay at the time of this hearing, like the other two presidents, refused to say that calling for the genocide of Jews violated Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment. It seemed like an easy question that Elise Stefanik was asking. It proved to be a very difficult question for these three presidents to answer. So shortly thereafter, this plagiarism scandal or saga starts. And this was from the Harvard Crimson in early December when this first started happening. It said Harvard President Claudine Gay, and and again, this is from the Harvard Crimson. It's not my words. This this is what you have to do. I'm, I'm quoting here. 
Harvard President Claudine Gay is facing allegations of plagiarism after a report in the Washington Free Beacon on Monday in a Sunday post on Substack claimed she plagiarized portions of four academic works over 24 years, including her 1997 Ph.D. dissertation at Harvard, end quote. So the Harvard Corporation, which is the governing body who decided that Gay was going to stay, they wrote on December 9th, the fellows reviewed the results, which revealed a few instances of inadequate citations. Now, this made me laugh because I thought there's been probably a lot of students over the years, over the decades that have been kicked out of Harvard for inadequate citations. But they didn't call them inadequate citations then. They would call it plagiarism. But we're playing the semantics game now because Harvard President Claudine Gay, she can't get kicked out. If you want to read more about why she can't get kicked out, check out Jason Riley's piece in the Wall Street Journal. He kind of breaks it down for you. Bill Ackman also pointed out she's a D, she's a diversity hire. She's a DEI hire and they don't want to get rid of her because then they'd have to admit that they made a mistake in hiring her in the first place. So she gets in trouble for these inadequate citations. Now, plagiarism is one of those things that if they catch you with it, it's probably not the first time it's happened. Just ask Joe Biden. If you, if you, if you want if you want some proof of that, look at Joe Biden's history with plagiarism. One, it's like potato chips. One is never enough. You know, he had to do it a few times. And now this is from the New York Post, and we can break this down. There's so many elements of this I love. It says the Ivy League school said Wednesday that a recent review, because they haven't now, now they're finding more and more examples of this, of this plagiarism. I'm sorry, of these inadequate citations. But this is the latest. It says the Ivy League school said Wednesday that a recent review uncovered more examples of duplicative language without appropriate attribution. Duplicative language. So that's the new inadequate citations. Duplicative language. It's a mouthful. Without appropriate attribution in Gray's 1997 doctoral dissertation, according to the Boston Globe, which obtained a summary of the report. Now, for my Boston listeners, for my New England listeners, you know, I don't have to tell you, the Boston Globe, the writers at the Boston Globe, the editors, they're no strangers to plagiarism. If you want to do a little research on that, just type Boston Globe Mike Barnacle. Go all the way back to 1998. So now the Boston Globe is doing a little research on the inadequate citations of Claudine Gay. Now, by the way, Mike Barnacle, when it happened to him, that was back when you had to resign for this kind of thing, for this duplicative language. You'd have to resign. How times have changed. Don't worry, Mike Barnacle's fine. He has a great job with Morning Joe, sitting next to Mika Brzezinski. But this whole thing got me thinking, right? And you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I am a little crazy, so who cares? This got me thinking. I'm thinking Boston Globe, Mike Barnacle. What am I going to talk about today? And then I think of Kevin Cullen. And a lot of people around here know Kevin Cullen. He got in a lot of trouble for fabricating stories about uh, the Boston Marathon bombing. And then, like Claudine Gay, they start looking into his past writing. And it turns out a lot of the things he wrote, very moving pieces, a lot of things that were very sentimental, um, you might say overly sentimental. It turns out he was lying about a lot of things, making people up, making up stories. 
And so I start thinking about this and I'm like, justice for Kevin Cullen, because as much as yes, you shouldn't be lying about things. At the same time, Kevin Cullen, Brian Williams with Choppergate, Dick Blumenthal, Dick Stolen Valor Blumenthal, George Santos, at least these people made stuff up. You know, they didn't just copy and paste. They put in a little bit of effort. They used their imaginations. They had a little creativity. Too much creativity got them in trouble. There's a fine line. But they had to put pen to paper. Or, I guess in the most recent examples, fingers to keyboard. And weave a tangled web. Instead of just taking someone else's tangled web and trying to pass it off as your own. So now we have this embattled president. That's one of my favorite ways to describe her. She's an embattled president. And she has another, here we go. This is another journalism phrase here. She has mounting allegations against her. And whether or not she's going to be able to hold off the calls for her resignation now, time will tell. But more and more of these inadequate citations, duplicative language, more and more of them are coming to the surface. But I'm curious if anyone hears what I'm saying. It's like, you know, if I'm Kevin Cullen, if I'm George Santos, I'm looking at these plagiarists and I'm saying, say what you want about me, but I gave people something. You know, I gave, I gave people something fresh. I used my imagination. It was provocative. Unethical, perhaps. Definitely unethical. But they did something new. And, the, and, and these other people, Mike Barnacle, Claudine Gay, Joe Biden, just rehashing. Cut, copy, paste. Cut, copy, paste. It's just weak stuff. 844-500-4242. So I'm, I, I titled this monologue Justice for Kevin Cullen. That's all I'm saying. When we come back, we'll take your calls. I want to talk about the decision out of Colorado. I want to talk about the ramifications. I want to talk about some of the people that are now coming out and slamming this decision, including John Bolton. Like there's a lot of people who are never, 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 ever, 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 ever in a million years Trumpers. Never Trumpers. And they're saying this is an incoherent decision. This is not going to stand up. The The Supreme Court is going to just swap this away. It's absolutely ridiculous. But that doesn't change how unprecedented it is. And we will talk about that. Um, plus, the border completely overrun. 200,000 migrants encountered since the first day of December. We have that. And we have so much fun in store as well. So don't go anywhere. We'll take your calls when we come back. 844-500-4242. Do you think Claudine Gay is going to stay? Do you? And she doesn't have that many works out there to be investigated. So I, I'm surprised it's even taken this long to find more examples of the plagiarism. Or of the inadequate citations. Undocumented words. Undocumented words. Brilliant, Emma. Brilliant. We got to send that. Send that to the Harvard Crimson. Because they need, they need a couple more ways to not say plagiarism. If I got accused of plagiarism and I was a student at Harvard, I would be calling up. 
I would be calling up my lawyer right about now and I would be saying, I want all my money back. I want a degree. I want something. I want justice. That's what I would say. Um, You know, Emma, it's getting chilly out. It's getting cold. And sometimes in the office, I'm like this too, where I like it really warm. I know Taylor likes it a little bit cooler. And you work back there with Taylor all day into the night. And so, especially once the sun goes down, five o'clock, six o'clock, it gets really chilly. Luckily for you, you don't have to fight with Taylor anymore. You don't have to debate him about the thermostat. You've got the Eden Pure heaters. Yes, so he likes to make fun of me. Sometimes I'll be wearing my coat back there. And then I remember there's an Eden Pure heater right there. Plug it in, flip it on. I'm nice and toasty. He's up here in Antarctica or whatever he <laughs> prefers. We're both happy and it's nice and toasty back there. I'm by the window and after the sun goes down, it gets pretty cold. But I'm not cold anymore. My feet are nice and warm. Yes. And if you want to get the Gen 40 heater, now is a really great time. You might be thinking to yourself, I'm not getting a heater when it's freezing out because they're going to jack up the prices. No, Eden Pure is not about that. Eden Pure has this stylish, sleek Gen 40 heater that's going to save you money on your heating bills and it's going to keep you extra toasty warm with that infrared and that convective heat. It's a great device and they're giving it to you at an incredible price. The savings is off the already low sale price. So with Grace 50, you're going to save $50. You're going to get this great deal. You're going to get free shipping and you're going to get the temperature up higher, the bills down lower. That's the perfect equation. The Gen 40 looks great in any any setting. Plus, uh, with the price of everything right now, you're going to want to save money and you're going to want to get free shipping. So get the temperature higher. Save $50 for one more week with code GRACE50. Heat up your whole house. You don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about heating up your basement, heating up your dining room. You heat up where you are, which is great. And actually you'll heat up where you are and kind of even extend a little further because that's how powerful it is. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, use code Grace50 for the Gen 40 heater. We will be right back with your calls. 844 500 4242 This is the Grace Curly Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. The number, if you want to join us, is 844-500-4242. We're talking about the accusations of inadequate citations from... From some people who have been investigating Claudine Gay, the Harvard president, and these these accusations are not going away. Uh, we'll get back to that in just a second. We'll take your calls. But first, I want to do the poll question, which is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. I was just talking to Emma about this. There's a lot of treats now in the office. There's people are, you know snacking on candy you're having good stuff you want to take care of your teeth so even if you just want a teeth cleaning perfect smiles is a great place to go call 1-844 a perfect smile or visit perfectsmiles.com emma foley on the board what is the poll question and what are the results thus far 
Today's poll question is, which of these Christmas movies is the best? The Grinch, the Dr. Seuss version, Home Alone, the entire franchise, Elf, A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? All right, I have so many things to say. One, I think Elf is overrated. I understand people enjoy it, and it's fine. I, I just, I, I think it gets a little bit too too many, you know, accolades from people. Uh, I love Home Alone. It's a Wonderful Life's great. I, my dad's listening. Hi, Dad. I love you. I know you love It's a Wonderful Life. I find it a little bit depressing. I like The Grinch, the cartoon version. I didn't put an other option on here because it's a cop-out, and I, I do find that life is about making choices, so you all have to just decide. Out of those, I'm going to say Home Alone. One or two, honestly. Home Alone has 10%. It is trailing It's a Wonderful Life in first place with 38%. In second place, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with 20%. And A Christmas Story in third with 16%. A Christmas Story, I just can't take that much of it. They play it 24 hours a day on Christmas Day. It's just round the clock what do you vote for emma i like it's a wonderful life but i also like elf and i'm i'm sad it's in last so if you're like me and you like elf go to gracecurlyshow.com and give it some love speaking of movies i don't know if you saw this but there's a headline out and if you're eating your lunch i do apologize so at the beginning of the week we started it feels like this week we've covered so much ground the amount of stories and how they just they just span the spectrum as far as what we're covering, one of the stories we talked about earlier was the sex tape that was rocking the Senate. And then I read this headline. House quietly probed another staffer sex tape filmed in Capitol year before Senate aides explicit video resurfaced. This is a report. Was that wrong? <laughs> Should I not have done that? The House of Representatives discreetly probed explicit footage filmed inside the Capitol by a lawmaker staffer in June of 2022, more than a year before video of a Senate aide having sex in a hearing room surfaced this month. The June 2022 investigation began after allegations of unbecoming behavior by a senior staffer in Representative Dan Newhouse's office emerged, a spokesperson for the congressman told Semaphore. But no conclusive evidence of wrongdoing was found, and the staffer reportedly said he left the Washington State Republican's office on good terms for an unrelated reason and another job this fall. If this is true, what on earth is going on at this place? Does no one have bedrooms they can go to for these extracurricular activities? What is up with the filming of this stuff? Multiple sex tapes filmed in the Capitol? I just... Maybe I'm just old school, but... Yikes! We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. There's so much to talk about, and Joe Biden, you know, he's always doing the hard-hitting interviews. He doesn't want to sit down with anyone from... He doesn't want to sit down with anyone from CNN. That's how bad things are. He can't get a softball interview, or at least not soft enough. 
David Harsani described it as like the media, the media is not hackish enough for the Biden administration. It doesn't matter how deferential they are. It doesn't matter how much these bootlickers try to please Joe Biden. It's not enough. Unless they're giving him wet kisses, he can't handle it. So what does he do? Well, he's gone on Drew Barrymore before. He's gone on Late Night. And now he's moved to the podcasting realm. I don't think he'll be on our podcast. But he likes now to do these interviews where he can control it. It's going to get edited. It's going to get, you know, nice and cut up for him. And he doesn't have to worry about having to be on or having to answer anything even remotely close to a tough question. So he does this interview with Conan O'Brien, and we're going to talk about it. I'll probably play a little bit of, of it for uh, Caroline Levitt, because, of course, he he has to get into Trump. You know, that's that's his great white whale. He's obsessed with Donald Trump, like so many people are in the Democrat Party. But I wanted to play this this cut that took my breath away. This is cut seven. This is Biden on Conan's podcast. Maybe that's what we're getting away from a little bit is, I don't know if it's social media. I don't know if it's the politics has changed. So I think it's changed, but I think it's beyond social media. I think it's the media generally. Yeah. And I'm not blaming the media, but things right. have changed. I mean, yeah. who, who are the editors anymore? Mm-hmm. You don't know if somebody's saying, no, you can't print that in this paper because that's not accurate. There's no editors anymore. And, right. and but we have to get back to knowing one another. Just knowing each other. Okay, stop it right there. I I don't want to know Joe Biden. I I don't know what that entails. But I want to say something about the fact that we have no editors and there's no accuracy in media. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But what he's talking about, when Joe Biden says the media, they're not accurate, what he's actually talking about are the rare occasions when journalists decide to report something even close to the truth about this administration. And he should be thanking the Lord. He should be down on his knees thanking the Lord that the media are not accurate, that they do not publish accurate information. Because all of the times where the media has been inaccurate, it's been in their attempt to make Joe Biden look good. Yeah. Where are the editors? Where are the people who are going, why can't we print this stuff about Hunter Biden's laptop? It's real. It's authenticated. What are we waiting for? Oh, right. They weren't publishing accurate information because they were trying to run cover for the Biden family and their corrupt influence peddling schemes. They're not accurate when they try to put a shine on a sneaker that is this administration and all of its policies and its open border and its crime and inflation. They're not accurate because they're trying to help you, you old fool. I don't mean to be disrespectful. So I shouldn't say old fool. I'll say Mr. President. They're trying to help you. They've done all they can. And it's not enough. It's not enough. And let's go back a little bit. There's no there hasn't been a president in history. That has been more helped at every step of the way than Joe Biden. These journalists have bent over backwards. They've lost all credibility. They are completely shameless when it comes to pushing Joe Biden over the finish line. And he still treats them like dirt. He still ignores them. And then he goes on a podcast with a comedian to insult them. That's how little he thinks of these people who have done everything humanly possible to secure him 
the job of president of the United States. They have done everything in their power. They have lost all their credibility as journalists. They have published complete piles of steaming hot garbage and they've suppressed accurate information. They've suppressed real stories about this fool and his family. All for his sake. And what does he do? What thanks do they get? He goes on a podcast and he denigrates the media. And they deserve it. They, they fully deserve it. But it, it's just funny to me that what Joe Biden, the, the stories that he thinks are inaccurate are the only stories that the media has probably gotten right in the last four years. And there's been very few. Keep in mind, there's been very few. But just those select pieces where, where a, a morsel of truth has slipped through the cracks of our media, that's enough for this man in his glass jaw to be ticked off, to feel like he's the victim, to feel like he has a right to sing the blues. He has a chip on his shoulder because they're so mean to me. It's astounding. And by the way, his poll numbers, this is how Slate put it, the far left outlet Slate. They wrote this. I like this first sentence. As President Joe Biden grows increasingly mystified by his unpopularity, he is also experiencing the worst polling of his presidency. Now, what I would say to Slate, I would like to quote the president and I would say to Slate, you're reading the wrong polls. Because according to Joe, he's doing just fine when he was leaving the headquarters in Delaware before that car crashed into his motorcade he told a reporter you're reading the wrong polls so this is what he means when he says the media is running with inaccurate information they're running with real polls and not the secret unicorn fairy dust polls that Joe Biden gets in his PDB that we are all not privy to he has he must have stacks of Binders full, to quote Mitt Romney, binders full of polls and good news stories about the economy, the Biden boom, how he's doing all these things. I I heard the other day he said that he's canceled student loan debt for 140 million students in the United States of America. There's 40 million people who owe student loans, but he's canceled it for 130 or 140, something like that, million people. This is some of the information that I want to see the receipts. I want to see the paperwork that he's getting. And I don't understand. Maybe they need to get Ron Klain back in the White House. I don't understand why they're being so hush-hush about this. If you have great information, give it to the people on CNBC. Give it to the people on ABC. They would, they would be thrilled to run with this. They'd have wall-to-wall coverage. They'll throw you a flipping parade. But you got to you got to show them the polls, Jack. You got to show them the information. Now, one of the areas where Joe Biden is failing and it's it's really hard for the media to ignore, try as they might, is when it comes to the southern border. And according to Fox News, the southern border was hit by a record number of migrant encounters in a single day as thousands flood into Texas. And Texas has been partaking in. What I think is one of the most brilliant political moves of the last decade, which is sending these migrants to sanctuary cities to, for example, Brandon Johnson. Let's play this. This is the Chicago mayor, Brandon Johnson. And Emma, you said this to me the other day. You said, you know, 
Brandon Johnson is just as far left as Lori Lightfoot. I miss Lori Lightfoot. And I agree with you. Coming from an entertainer's perspective, Lori Lightfoot gave us better sound cuts. She had a little bit more pizzazz. She had that X factor that Brandon Johnson just doesn't have. She did have the X factor. But with that being said, he has the same idiotic policies. And now he's mad that Governor Abbott is sending migrants to Chicago, even though... Why are you mad? You're you're the one who's proposing this tent city, this massive tent city in Chicago that none of the residents want. Why are you mad that Abbott wants to send you people to live in the tent city? Otherwise, why are you building it? If you build it, they will come. People are coming. You should be excited. This is Brandon Johnson, Cut 12. The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago. It's the fact that we have a governor a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized, and then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness, we have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed, you have people who are seeking employment. The the governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. Hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a question. I have a question. Is there anyone else who could maybe take responsibility for the chaos that's happening to this country? Do we no longer have a president of the United States? Why isn't any of this frustration being pointed in Joe Biden's direction. Well, we know why, because Brandon Johnson doesn't want to be like Eric Adams and have the feds knocking on his door tomorrow. I get that part of it. But he's listing all of these things that they have in Chicago. We have homelessness. We have people looking for jobs. You have, you know, he goes down the list. You know what you also have? You have a sanctuary city policy that is the only reason that Abbott is sending people to Chicago. This is the part of the equation that Eric Adams and Brandon Johnson and all of these far left mayors leave out of the story. You have a sanctuary city policy that's being taken advantage of. And if you don't want that, then change it. But you guys wanted this policy when you could virtue signal about it. But you don't want it now that people are taking you up on the offer. And by the way, to Brandon Johnson, you're sending mixed signals here. You want to build a tent city, but you don't want people to show up. I would say first, first up on the list is maybe don't build the tent city. Because if I hear about a tent city being built in Chicago, I'm thinking, oh, great. They're making room. Now, the other huge story that I want to talk about when we come back, Delta passenger accuses airline of transporting a plane full of migrants from Phoenix to New York City. So this passenger, she's not just a passenger. She's Ashley St. Clair, and she's a writer, a contributor for the Babylon Bee. And she's got a huge following on Twitter and or on X, however you want to say it. And so she's filming her flight and she was taking a late flight, which is, I think, when they really try to move all of these illegal aliens is at night, um, hoping it will go under the radar. 
And she wrote, my Delta flight from Phoenix appears to be flying migrants who cross the border and are being shipped to New York. When I asked a Delta representative if that was the case, his response was, what does it matter? They're humans, too. What is happening? Are taxpayer dollars paying for this? So Ashley St. Clair was on Fox. And a few things that she said this morning blew my mind. One, because Brian Kilmeade asked her, how are people getting on? Like, what kind of ID? I know that asking people for for their licenses is... uh, racist but when i go to an airport i still have to show some sort of form of identification she said some of these migrants are using arrest warrants as their identification that's number one number two is because because she has such a big following elon musk picked up on the story and then she started kind of throwing it out there to pilots that if they wanted to reach out to her and and let her know what was going on she would spread the word. So now all these pilots are reaching out to Ashley St. Clair and saying, I have no idea who's on my flights. I'm flying planefuls of people. I have no idea who they are. And her point when she was in line to get on this plane was, do we know if these people are vetted? You don't even have a, a license for people. You're using arrest warrants. How do you know these people are vetted? And she was told, like I said, by the flight attendant, they're humans too. In other words, stop being such a mean, evil Republicans, stop pouncing and seizing and weaponizing on the fact that there's all of these migrants with no identification getting on a plane with you. And oh, by the way, and the the flight attendant also offered her a mask. So there you go. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. There's there's different elements of this story that I found um, fascinating, and that is one of them. And also that after she asked this question, <laughs> the. Uh, so someone from Delta, I'm not sure if it was the flight attendant or just someone from security started following her around like she she was the person who they needed to keep an eye on after she said, who are all these people in line with me? This is an amazing, amazing story. And we're just getting going with it because the more that these pilots reach out to her, this whole thing's being uncovered. And you know what? When I was listening today, Kilmeade had a really good point. He said, it would be, well, first he asked her, he said, do you think that Delta is going to start coming after you? And she was really smart, Ashley St. Clair. She said, they're not going to do that because then if they come after me, they're opening themselves up to discovery, which means that, you know, we could ask for a lot of records that they have. And then what could end up happening, as Kilmey pointed out, is would it surprise anyone if the government was pressuring these, these airlines to take, take migrants Would that surprise anyone with everything we know about the Biden administration that they wouldn't be flexing their muscles a little bit and telling Delta, hey, you better take a a plane full of people? I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just saying, hypothetically, that would not shock me. I think that this story is going to be huge over the next couple of weeks. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we will take your calls. We'll talk more about this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. 
One of the texters had a good point and said the Biden administration is not pressuring these airlines. They're paying them. And yet when you look at what happened here with the hotels um, after or before the Army-Navy game, the hotels in, in Foxborough and around there that were taking on migrants and kind of moving veterans and their families out of the hotels to other locations, you find out that a lot of these places are getting paid handsomely to allow illegal aliens to live in their hotels for kind of indefinitely. And the government is paying for this. And as much as I understand why hotels would want that, like you have you have a steady income from people who are going to be there for a very long time, as opposed to maybe a tourist who's going to be there for a night or two and then leave. And then maybe the room's open for a couple days until someone else comes in. I get that part of it. But what I don't understand is if you want to run a hotel for longer than however long this lasts, and maybe it will last for the rest of time, how do I know? This is a way to destroy it because you look at the row, you look at the Roosevelt, those hotels are never going to come back as anything besides what they are right now, which is homes for illegal aliens. It's not going to... In a couple months, if these illegal aliens eventually end up leaving, they're not going to be able to get tourists to come back to those hotels. The surrounding area has now become like a giant tent city. 844-500-4242. A lot of people on the lines who want to discuss this. Let's go to Pat. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Pat. I was wondering, since uh, Donald Trump was falsely accused of an insurrection at the Capitol, why isn't Joe Biden being charged with an insurrection at our borders? I am so sick of Biden and his Klan and Obama not being charged. And as a Republican, people people need to stop donating to the Republican Party because they're doing nothing to stop the Democrats. They're emboldening, emboldening them to continue this. And I have a great fear this election coming up is going to be stolen. We're going to talk about that um, actually in the next segment, and we'll talk about it with Caroline Levitt because I've been thinking about 2020 a little bit more, uh, a little bit more than I usually do. But as far as your first point goes about charging Biden, I mean, there's definitely a dereliction of duty here as far as keeping our southern border wide open. I do not disagree with you on that at all, Pat. But I've seen now that some Republicans want to boot Biden off the ballot in certain places. Here's what I would rather do. I would rather beat Biden in the election. And to Pat's point, if people don't feel good about the integrity of our elections, then that's a different element of the equation. But what I'm saying is I don't want to charge Biden with stuff. I just want to beat him the old fashioned way. I want Americans to wake up and vote for a better America. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll continue with this as well. A lot more on this Thursday afternoon. Don't go anywhere.